Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd. Dr. Wignall, how are you? Pretty good. Yeah? Yep. Do you, do you actually, when someone just asks, how you doing, you get those standard kind of replies? Yeah, and part of it is just automatic, but I I really do feel pretty good almost all the time. Yeah? I almost never feel amazing, and I very rarely feel bad. You're like in the middle of the barrel, bell curve most of the time. Almost all the time, yeah. I, I like a true, slight, a true bell curve. Slightly above the, the middle, I think. Yeah? Like six or seven? 53rd percentile. <laughs> 53rd, I like that. It's pretty specific. <laughs> so it's, uh, I, I do often say it unthinkingly, but it also is usually true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How about you? How you doing? I'm good today. Yeah, I've had a good day. I, I don't know where I would put myself for 53rd, but I, I generally do feel fairly good, I think, mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. So you're not a liar when you're saying pretty good. <sighs> I wouldn't say that. I mean, there there are moments probably where I'm not pretty good where I say yes. That is a funny um, habit or a greeting, though, I think that we have where we we ask people how they are and there's this kind of rhetorical, great, Mm -hmm. fine. And that's probably not true all the time. I almost wonder if it's not passive aggressive exactly, but it's it's like instrumental. It's like we we all like want to be happy and have good interactions. So we're like priming ourselves for it. Oh really? Yeah, like, how effect. you doing? Oh good. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Oh yeah, me too. I'm pretty good too. Like, or it, not even like, it could just be wish fulfillment. Like we're we're hoping that that's the case, and so we're kind of like putting it out there into the uh, universe in yeah, hopes yeah, yeah. that it actually comes true. I think I'm gonna try to stop saying that. What do you say instead then? Hi. <laughs> wait, wait a second. I say, hey Todd, how you doing? And you say hi. Oh no no no. <laughs> I, I, I might. <laughs> I don't know what I. I I think I'm going to stop asking people how they're how they're doing as a greeting. Yeah. Because one, I don't really want to know. <laughs> you know, I really when when I'm passing someone in the hall, I don't yeah. I don't want to really a, an accounting of how they feel that day. But I'm asking them. Yeah. So why am I doing that? How about like what's going on? No, because I don't even want to know that. You don't even care about that either. Yeah. It's more of just a high in most situations. How, I'm thinking we should all just do what, <laughs> what uh, motorcyclists do when they pass each other on the freeway. You know, they do the little like hand thing. Yeah, a little. You know, and it's, a little it's very subtle. Subtle, super subtle. Yep. Right, but, they, but they're religious about it. Let's try that in the halls and see how we feel about it in a week. Okay. Sounds good. All right. We're going to talk today about a very interesting topic, um, self-hatred. Mm-hmm. Why do some people hate themselves. This this was interesting because when you proposed we talk about this, usually I'll kind of write a few notes down about some thoughts I have. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing too elaborate, but um, with this one, I, I really just didn't want to write anything and have a conversation about it. And I'm not sure why, um, but I hear this a lot from clients, mm-hmm. how they me hate too. themselves. And so when you brought it up, to me it was just such an I haven't really delved into this a lot in my own kind of research or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it is such an interesting kind of statement that gets made a lot in therapy um, that I definitely want to kind of have more of a free-flowing conversation about it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's usually said, sorry, excuse me, 
it's usually said by my clients with a lot of vitriol mm-hmm. and venom. You know, it's just not like, oh, blah, 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 I hate myself. It's, I hate myself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this real visceral kind of feel to it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and, and a kind of, the other associations I have with it are powerlessness. Like, it's just, like, I just, I do it. And I do hate myself, but it's like inevitable. It's just like the way it is. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, been it's that very... way for a long time, maybe. Um, yeah. And it's, it's like they're saying, I can't do anything about it. Yep. It's final. Uh-huh. That's the sense I get too. It's very final. Yep. Yeah. And then it also tends to refer both to a an underlying belief about themselves not being worthy or lovable or, or something like that. Good enough in some yeah. way. But it also refers to like the act of hating themselves on a regular basis, usually in the form of like self-talk, like really intense judgmental self-talk. Yeah. Um, Or rumination or uh something like that. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's both a statement of fact, but it's also an action. It's like a verb and a, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Verb and a fact. Yeah. Uh Yeah. You know, when it, when it does come up, it's so intense usually. And, and I, I'm always struck by the visceral kind of feeling you get in the room when someone says, I hate myself. Yeah. And it always, it, it still kind of catches me off guard because it's such a, um, I mean, it's surprising. It's, it's very just like, it's very frank. Um, but it's also just like sad. It's just so sad yeah, like to hear that people say that. And also because I, I mean, personally, I just like, I can't relate on a personal level at all. So it's very, you know, when someone talks about having, you know, anxiety in a social situation or they start having a panic attack or they're feeling, even like they're feeling kind of depressed. I like in some ways I can relate to all those things, Mm -hmm. right? I think all of us, we all get anxiety from time to time. We've all been at least grumpy or kind of blue, even if we've not been depressed, full blown depression. Yeah. Yeah. We've even all had kind of traumatic like things happen, like really scary, intense bad things that have kind of stuck with us. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's a lot of things that come up in therapy that I can at least on some level personally relate to, but this self-hatred is, um, really strikes me, I think, because it's something I have, I have no personal connection with at all. Mm. Um, and so I think that's one of the reasons I've started trying to think more about it. Because what that means is I need to think more about it, I think. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And really because you don't and, have that personal experience with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just really try and do more kind of empathizing in the sense of putting myself in someone else's shoes. Like, what must it really be like? Yeah. Um, you know, usually I, I think I hear this statement a lot too when, when a client's just kind of maybe wrapped up uh, – um, um, you know, their side of a discussion on how hopeless they feel, mm. you know, in some kind of behavior pattern. Like I keep doing this thing. I can't stop. I just hate my, you know, it's like this yeah. very frustrated, um, helpless, mm-hmm. um, hopeless kind of space that they seem to chant this in, you know, or say this in. Yeah. It's almost like, that's a really good point. It, it's often like low self-esteem plus hopelessness. Yeah. Like I feel I dislike myself. I, I do the opposite of esteem myself. I really dislike myself and I have no, and it, that's just always the way it's going to be. Yeah. Like I, I just cannot make myself do this thing that I want or I, it's something usually feel around the way that. I want to feel or yeah, like, think yeah. the way I want to think or whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah, it's that self-esteem judgment added with some hopelessness and some. Mm-hmm. Do you find that with your clients, um, is this a fairly like stable trait or does it tend to come and go like a lot? 
depending on stress levels or interpersonal conflict or I mean that varies I think I think uh, I'll go out on a limb here and I'll say most of the time when I hear that it's a generalization from one specific maybe significant problem to everything else right like um, someone's trying to um, um, someone's someone's trying to go to the gym and they just fail and fail and fail and fail at it and and finally they come to this point where they're just I just can't do this I can't mm-hmm. I'm I hate myself I just hate you know and it's it's this one area of their life that they're really struggling with yeah and and it seems like that gets just generalized to myself you know mm-hmm. this global kind of evaluation of who I am that I just hate yeah because I cannot or I haven't been able to improve this thing or yeah I think a lot of times it's performance related in the broad mm-hmm. sense like they want it keep wanting to achieve a certain thing and, right. and can't seem to do it um the other area though where where I see it um somewhat often is people who have um like body image issues mm-hmm. and it's almost it's more like a it's more related to like disgust than performance. Yeah. Like they've, they've created this image of themselves that they're just really disgusted by. Yeah. And they frequently, they think about it all the time. Well, that, that would kind of fit the same bill where it's one kind of appraisal. Yeah. It gets globally kind of, um, this one thing is so bad that it, it invalidates every other part of myself. Yeah. I hate myself rather than Mm -hmm. I hate this aspect about, what I'm struggling with or I hate this. It's I hate yep. me. Yeah. And that, I think that's a common um, factor here that's important when it comes to maybe working on this with people is that a, a common characteristic is it's not just the intensity of how much they hate, but it's the, what we call like attentional bias. Like mm. people, th- even though it, it might be related to this one area, like body image or performance in some area, they think about it all the time. Like it's always, either they're actively thinking about it or it's like right there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ready to be triggered by almost anything. Kind of like active rumination or low level rumination. It's kind of all Yeah, the so their, their attention is just on it almost constantly. Yeah. Um, which I think is, a, I, have you found that? Like that there's a kind of obsessive quality to it. Yeah, yeah and especially in some situations, like when you talk about, you know, an individual maybe with body, uh, dysmorphic disorder or someone who's just really um, unhappy with the way they look in some way. Um, yeah, it definitely gets tied to those things. But I've also seen it in cases of like severe depression where um, hmm. almost, you know, I, I didn't get out of bed. I called in to work sick or I didn't even call in because I couldn't even, uh, I, I just hate myself. I can't even do these little simple, you know, and so it, it, it can potentially just get attached to lots of things mm-hmm. or specific things, I think. Yeah. So if, if it obviously reminding yourself of that over and over and over again, um, doesn't make, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, what does it mean though? When, when someone says I hate myself like that, are they, do you think they're really saying like, I despise myself in a way, you know, I'm I'm always curious. Like we we always have a conversation Mm -hmm. about that and everybody's answer is different. What have you heard from your clients when, when you ask them a little bit more about, well, you know, Pick that apart from yeah. What I think it's mean? it's it's a it's maybe what you would call an emotional belief in that it's a it's a belief like it's an idea 
that's really pervasive and, and sticky, they will, they will often tell me on one, on a, like a really intellectual level, they know they shouldn't like, they know it doesn't make sense that like, it doesn't make sense that I, I think I'm unworthy just because I don't like the way I look. Right. Oh, right, right, right. Um, so they'll, t- they'll tell me on an intellectual level, they know it, it's kind of irrational, mm-hmm. but it just, it just won't go. They just feel it. It's just like in their bone. It, it's yeah. like, it's almost like when people talk about, um, like, like religious belief, right? They'll tell you like, I, you know, I can't prove that like God exists or whatever, but I just believe it. I just, yeah. I just feel it. Yeah. This you know? is what I feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's true. It's part, it's not that it's completely irrational or unintellectual, but it's, there's a strong, like emotional, like almost like faith component to it. And so weirdly with people with this self-hatred, it kind of fits that pattern where it's, they just believe this is true about themselves. And even though they know intellectually, it doesn't necessarily make tons of sense. It's Mm -hmm. not an airtight argument. Mm -hmm. It just won't budge. Like the belief just won't budge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, I, I've had clients, you know, I'll say rephrase that, you know, use a different word besides I hate myself. And a lot of it is I'm disappointed. Hmm. I'm, 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 I'm repeatedly disappointed mm-hmm. with myself, which is really different from I hate myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's interesting. Or kind of a re yeah. Reappraisal or rephrasing. It. Or just re yeah. If you rephrase it, I mean, you can see that if you're disappointed in yourself over and over, you could easily say, I hate myself. Yeah. Um, but having that little bit of movement can be interesting for future conversations, but it seems to be, I, I really disappoint myself a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's kind of two tacks I've taken with trying to help people work on this. I'm, I don't at all have like all the answers for this by any means. I don't, I don't know that there are any, um, I don't know that in general we have great solutions to this. Um, but two kind of approaches I've taken. One is to really help people clarify that in general beliefs like this, I think including something like as intense as self-hatred, wherever it came from initially, and that may be interesting to talk about to some extent, um, they're almost always maintained by something. They, they stick around because they're, they're reinforced somehow. Something is kind of continuing to keep them around. And, and often it's habits of self-talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if, if you are constantly telling yourself how disgusting you are or what a loser you are, like constantly, all day long, it's not super surprising that you have this unmovable belief that you're not worthy of any kind of esteem. Mm. Right? Or that you're effective state is bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, how would you feel if you just had a person walking around constantly berating you? Or reminding you that yeah, you hate yourself. Yeah, of how terrible you are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like you would, I think you would find yourself. So I, I think, in, in a, I, tr- I try to be gentle with this because I don't want to come across as um, sort of unsympathetic, but there's a strong habit component to this, I think, often. No doubt, that ruminative kind of self-talk is yeah. definitely a lot of habit. So I think that's a that's a big part. Um the other thing too that I found with a lot of people is that they, they, they're often using self-hatred um, and all the various kind of self-talk that goes along with it as a motivational strategy. Yep. They sort of think if I, if I kick myself my ass hard enough, I will change. Mm-hmm. I'll do something different. Mm-hmm. I'll start going to the gym more so I look better or mm-hmm. I'll start, you know, um, 
getting over, you know, not wanting to go to work or whatever it is. And to me, this stems from, we've all had those people in our life that when we messed up, we got yelled at. Yeah. You know, right. whether it was a teacher, a coach, a parent, a, we've all somehow decided that because when I got yelled at as a kid and it, and it made me do things, mm-hmm. that's what I should do to myself now. Yeah. Just berate myself. And, mm-hmm. listen. and I've only met one person that worked for I'm not even <laughs> sure it worked for them, actually. I kind of mentioned this person. Oh, yeah, we I'm talked about this. super one. positive it worked for her. But most of the time when you berate yourself like that, the outcomes aren't good, people. Yeah. Like, that doesn't increase performance. That doesn't make you perform any better. It just makes you feel like crap. I, I've never really seen it improve performance all that much. Yeah. At I, all. Right. But, uh, yeah, but I think I think the hard thing, though, is that this doesn't, it doesn't go away quickly. Like you can, you, someone listening to this could say, okay, those two things basically make sense to me. Like I've mm-hmm. got these habits yeah. of self-talk that are pretty rough. And, and yeah, I guess maybe I do kind of believe that if I'm really hard on myself, then that'll kind of get me to perform better. Right. Um, and then w- what often happens is people, they walk away and they go, okay, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to work on this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work on my self-talk and they try a little bit, but it's really hard. Yeah. They try and reframe a, a thought and then it just comes like five of them come back. Right. They're, and they, and then they get really discouraged and they just kind of stop. Yeah. Right. It feels like, well, this is just who I am. Yeah. And so I, th- I think that's a really big obstacle for people is that this, you've spent years building up this habit. It's not going to go away in a week. Right. It, it may not even, it may not even feel like it's getting better right away. It may feel like it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about think about going to the gym. I mean, the metaphor we use all the time, but yeah. like when you first start working out, you don't start feeling amazing right away. Yeah, and <laughs> if it, anything, you're sore. It and doesn't you're feel like, like you know what you're doing either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. You feel kind of goofy yeah. and awkward. Go, I don't know what that machine is. I don't know what it does, but I'll try it. Yeah. I don't know. You're sore. You're tired. Yeah. You're like the the you know the weight on the scale still isn't going down. Yeah. You're, you're not increasing your weight at all in your reps. Um, Seems like a big waste of time. Yeah, yeah. So I think that is really important is to kind of contextualize this for people and and use examples from their life where they've made some really big you know they learned how to play piano in college or something mm-hmm. or they l- learned some a sport or it takes a while. Yeah. Right. And and it's it's hard. So you got to kind of get people in the mindset of that this is a this is a long-term deal here, yeah, changing a, a something like this. a long-term habit that we're breaking, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I usually take the, the conversation to what would it take for you to like yourself more, right? Or to, for you to not hate yourself. Mm-hmm. And you usually get some pretty good, um, you know, if I was successful at X or if I was able to or if I didn't feel. And, and, and you can get a little movement there, I think from that very stuck place mm-hmm. of I hate myself because that is such a stuck place for people. Yeah. I mean, once you say that to yourself, where do you go from there? Right. And no, so it, it tends to be a very kind of, it, it's like the end of a ruminative thread. I hate yeah. da, 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 I hate myself. And it's like, ugh, there we are. Um, what do you, okay. So I, I like this idea of focusing on, well, what, okay. What do you actually like about yourself though? Or what are things you could do that would, that you could um, be proud of yourself for. Right. Here's my kind of quasi philosophical dilemma about that, that I, I don't, I don't know how to make sense of, which is one of the common pieces of wisdom on, on an issue like this is you shouldn't tie your self worth to specific behaviors or outcomes. 
Mm. Like you should, you should just sort of love yourself for who you are just because you're you. That's crazy talk. <laughs> but you agree. This is like common. People talk about it like yeah. this. You've yeah. heard this, right? Yeah. The, the, it's, it's sort of the, I'm probably putting my foot in my mouth here, but the kind of like body positive mm-hmm. stuff you've mm-hmm. heard, like you, you should just sort of love yourself mm-hmm. however you no are. No matter what. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but more generally the idea is that your, your self-worth should not be contingent on specific things. And I, I see the appeal of that. Um, I'm just not sure it actually works. <laughs> yeah. I think the problem is that worth is contingent. Like value is contingent period. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yeah. but it's pretty baked into our culture that it's not like, I mean, read the, the, well, people the, de- say that the declaration the of independence, right? Like we're, everybody is imbued with inalienable rights. Like right. We all have this stuff in us that is valuable and worthwhile and worthy no matter what we do. I'm not sure that's what inalienable rights means, but I get what your point is. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there are, there are schools of thought well, out there that just feel like, Hey, just because you're breathing, yeah, you have worth. People have value intrinsic and, yeah. dignity and right. value and right. worth and, um, and that's a very old idea. I mean, mm-hmm, that shows up mm-hmm. in all sorts of philosophical and religious and political traditions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for a long time. So it's, on the one hand, I'm, I'm very skeptical to throw that out. But in my clinical, practical experience, and even in my own personal experience, a lot of my self-worth is based on what I do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A ton on, on all sorts of really contingent things. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> so kind of normal. Are, are those two just mutually exclusive or is there, is there a way that they can both kind of coexist? Like, how do you think, how do you think about this? I, you know, I, I can definitely say, you know, I, I, I get it that, that humans have intrinsic value. I, I don't doubt that. It ain't much. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's my take on it. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think that um, uh, a lot of us appraise our self-worth based on just the fact that we're sucking air. You know, I, I, I don't. That's not part of my mm-hmm. self-esteem. You know, I don't walk into a a meeting and think I can, I'll do a good job here because I breathe. You know, um, I reference past successes I've had. I've referenced yeah. blah, blah blah, but those to me are yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not well. I'm I'm breathing, so I'm going to be just fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I try to keep an open mind about the idea that maybe there is some technique or strategy that you can teach people where they can build self-esteem based on just intrinsic self-worth. But until I find something that's convincing, my strategy is usually find things that you actually admire and find esteemable and slowly start to work to do more of those. Yeah. And then see what happens to your self-esteem. And, and I think that's the key is slow. I mean, a lot of people, you know, we use the gym a lot, but hey, if you have a goal to get to the gym and you're not able to get there, the idea is to say, well, what, what would make me feel a little bit better about mm-hmm. this, right? Because the idea is I'm not going to love myself overnight from, from hate, mm-hmm. but the idea is I want to move closer to something like that. Yeah. Um, but I think there are, there are limits to the strategy in the sense that there are certain things people have self-hatred for that aren't really amenable to change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So say you I, like someone has major body image issues that kind of started with their nose. They've got a, you know, really, right. a, you know, a nose that they find really or whatever, some body part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
well, should you just work really hard and make a lot of money so you can get a good nose job? And then your self-esteem will go up? I don't know, right? It's a like, risky proposition. Yeah, because yeah. that's, I'm, yeah, I, I don't know. So, so I think the, the strategy of we'll just do something that will, that will make you esteem yourself more. Uh, I think that has limits in certain areas yeah. that doesn't really work. Yeah. My strategy is twofold. Usually do stuff that'll make you feel better. That is one part. Yeah. The other one is, can we look at this thought pattern Yeah. where you constantly berate yourself right. and, and, and assign some sort of value to yourself constantly. Mm-hmm. I don't think humans are made to walk around thinking, you know, what value do I have constantly? Do I like myself? Do I not? Am I a good person? Am I not? That's a, that's a pretty brutal. Yeah headspace to live inside and maybe can you can you come to terms with things about yourself that you don't particularly like but aren't really under your control to change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh what, so some of the that? some of the reasons people hate themselves are beyond their control yeah i mean it, it, well or controlling them would be bad take anorexia right mm-hmm. people who have such distorted body images that you know 999 people out of a thousand would tell you no, this person looks bad. Mm-hmm. They're so thin. That's not and healthy. So, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really, well, it's not even, not even it's not healthy. It's not attractive yeah, either, yeah. right? Scary looking. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, so telling someone to take more control over how they look. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, yeah, probably yeah, yeah. wouldn't be helpful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going to be more about that other tack of be accepting where you are and, and just not doing so much of the berating and mm-hmm, the... Mm-hmm. Self-criticism. Yeah, which is rampant in a disorder like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I, I, I like the idea of, you know, what what behavior would you like to see from yourself to feel better about yourself? I, I like that idea a lot. Uh, the other part definitely then is looking at this thought pattern. And, and you're right, with some disorders, the behavior part might be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, people who, who tend to think I hate myself tend to have that thought bouncing around way more frequently than is healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to really address that thought process and let, let's say, let's say, let's say for the sake of argument, your, your client really isn't worthy of a lot of praise. Let's okay. say they really have some struggles and they're okay. dealing with and they're really going through it and don't exhibit a lot of behaviors that are that admirable or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And they say they hate themselves. Got it. Okay. Where do you go from there? Right. The idea is, it, do we want to change that? Do we want to improve that? And, and how so? So one of the things I find is that people will have some particular area, like for instance, um, someone with body image issues, mm-hmm. right? One strategy is like, you let's, so a, a, a common theme with people like that is they end up ironically spending a lot of time in situations and environment that make that thing the central focus of their life. Mm-hmm. So they, I, and I, I don't, I don't know if this is universally true. This is just something I've, I've observed. A lot of people who have major body issues are spend a ton of time on Instagram, spend a ton of time around people who are very like vain and concerned with how they look and how they appear. And so, so, or, or researching how they would like to change whatever feature. Yeah, that, right. Yeah. yeah. So may, maybe just, what if you just didn't spend, I mean, imagine a hypothetical where you just were not allowed to spend time in that kind of world yeah. and had to spend time in a world 
where you actually have a lot of like talents and things that you can be proud of. And, and that was kind of the game you were playing for a long yeah. time. So, I think the way you felt about yourself would change pretty dramatically. So what if we don't stoke that fire anymore? What if we don't add? Yeah. Or actively get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Change, change your environment. Change that pattern. Yeah. I think that's another, like, I think that's an underrated, um, approach in situations like this. Yeah. Is that you can't like try and look for a totally different environment or context where you can build something positive. Yeah. Where you're not in these kind of waters. Yeah, and it plays to your strengths. Yeah. Well, and, and that's a, a key feature of a lot of rumination is we tend to just kind of, um, put ourselves in situations where we know that's going to happen mm-hmm. and then just stay there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. Pretty tough. Yeah. I hate myself. That, quite the, quite the statement. If anybody else is out there, think, or if anybody else, if everybody is out there thinking about it, Go talk to somebody about that. That's a brutal thought to have bouncing around up there. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks. Thanks.